2: Never rest. in um, the sky. What a thrilling time to be alive. What is it? To be alive, it is for Georgia fans. 52-17, Georgia takes down Ole Miss, pummels Ole Miss, takes Ole Miss behind the woodshed. And then buries them in the backyard. Uh, that was uh, that was a beatdown yesterday. We covered it right after the game. We get a chance to talk to Rusty about it tonight, and everybody wants to hear what Rusty's got to say about this game. Um, a,
1: lot of but, water, but, a lot of water, a
2: lot of water today. Yeah. yeah, man. Hey, listen. You know, we all deserve we all deserve to kind of kick it on a game day. You know, we 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 deserve that. You know, sometimes you. You know, get festive on them game days. Everybody knows Jake Rowe can get festive. I know Jake Roos can get festive. So, I've never, uh,
0: I, I don't, I've never done that. I don't. know.
2: To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only cool. water and diet
0: coke for Jake Roos. Saturday game, and then I hit, I hit the late mass that night, and I'm, I'm done.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> A fine young Catholic
1: Ooh. boy. Ooh. <laughs> we have lightning through this internet right here?
2: Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> Thank God the weather moved out. Um, <laughs> We got a lot to cover. We got a lot to talk about. We're obviously going to recap the game, um, but the big story from last night continues to be, and as as much as I said, I, I, I it wouldn't shock me. I just I still keep shaking my head at it. Brock Bowers, twenty six days removed from tightrope surgery, forty five snaps. Number three, um, Rusty. Long. Yeah. Huh.
0: I think he was third most on the offense.
2: Unbelievable. Um, you know, Rusty, the funny thing was, is we talked about it. We did the pregame show or the game day show and we talked about it for a bit and we both said, you know, can he give you 10 to 15 snaps today? Um, and I, I looked at Palmer on the first drive and I said, he's going to have 10 to 15 snaps in the, in the first 10 minutes of this game.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, he didn't, he didn't come off the field. Um, tiger blood, Rusty, you said it over several times, tiger blood
1: uh yeah man something different about this guy and you know everybody in athens kind of compares him to nick chubb and his, his his work ethic his mentality his how driven he is and um you know seeing his mom make that post wednesday or thursday on social media and she said that when they met with the doctors the time frame was three to four weeks and nobody knows your child better than your mom and when mom said three to four weeks, I was like, this dude, there's some things going on. And I found, what, what do you say? However, found out last night a little bit more like he practiced a lot Tuesday and he practiced a lot Wednesday. And then even Thursday, Jake, I think we talked about it. Ro, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, he called a touchdown pass in the red zone in practice. He was getting reps he was ready to roll but still you have to be careful because you just don't know how he's going to feel on a cool you know kind of damp night first time back see what happens but don't doubt that dude man that dude is i mean i don't know where where it's that's like the our poster here says modern day superman they must have his cape tucked down in the back of his jersey because that dude is different
2: we, uh, you know, we reported that over on MD in the Notebook. talked about the uh, we talked about the um, the red zone touchdown and practice and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, the first thing I thought about was when he caught that touchdown in the red zone. Uh, you know, his last touch, his last catch in Sanford Stadium was, a, was is going to end up being a touchdown there. Um, I first thing I thought of was was what that was that the play. It just kind of stood out to me. Uh, Jake Roos, something I wanted to throw at you because I, I really want to understand. I really want to get your reaction to this is. So, Brock Bowers comes back. He plays 45 snaps. Um, Obviously, the first play, you're just like, well, that's that's pretty much Brock right there. He kind of dances over the top of a guy and makes something out of nothing. It's on now, right? Like, it's just kind of on for 19 the rest of the way. Oh, dude, there's – yeah, I mean, there's – was there anything about yesterday
0: that looked at all limited? I mean, like, was there anything that looked any different from the last time you saw him step onto a football field? I mean, he was the, the he, only he thing
2: I saw different was they didn't force the football to him. No,
0: you sure. know, they kind of just no. let the game come to him, but it didn't matter because he still was out there just blocking his ass off. I mean, That's he crazy. they didn't have to go lead it his way for him to get involved and be involved consistently, man. I mean, he was out there getting dirty with it like early on in it. And, that was what really kind of struck me about the whole thing Bowers was just like I said man it, it looked like a guy who I, you know it, maybe he was on vacation or something you know you, you you would never have known that there was an injury that this guy was dealing with uh, to come back from and so I, I was that was what shocked me about the whole thing is is it, it was no no
1: misbeats the the poetic justice in this was number one he got to dress out again and that saved him and then number two, he got to play with those guys again. Number three, him scoring a touchdown. You know what I mean? And and that hey, he scored that end zone where the parents sit at. So his mom and his family were sitting right there and he got a chance to see him. You know, for all purpose, somebody was texting me today saying they're hearing Bowers is coming back. I, I can assure you, Brock Bowers is going to be playing on Sundays next year. Hopefully not for the Falcons. But um, um, you just look at Brock Bowers and how much he means. But what Kirby said after the game, I'm sure you guys touch on that too. But kind of awesome man just to see him out there be able to do that and you know both of you guys know that when that surgery went down he's probably thinking oh i'm getting my ass back for that game i am going to walk out on that field i'm going to play it somehow some way and i'm going to walk out of here one last time in that uniform on that night so kudos to him we could spend another hour on that guy's different but what a uh, feeling for his teammates, Brock Bauer, the Georgia fans, to get to see him. This guy's a treat now. You get a chance to – this is one of those one-in-20-year type players. Uh, you get a chance to see him uh, finish out last night in Sanford Stadium with a touchdown and a big win.
0: Yeah, you mentioned, Ro, too, that, that how fitting – You know, I mean, to me, that was the thing. It was like the script writers came out, right? Yeah. I mean, for, for it to be the last catch he's going to make in Sanford Stadium and a touchdown after all he came back from and all he's meant to this program these last couple of years, I mean – you, those are Hollywood endings, man. We talked about it with Stetson Bennett. Georgia's had a lot of those moments here, uh, over the last couple of years, and that was definitely one of those that people need to uh, take a picture of in their mind.
2: The Hollywood endings come kind of frequently when you win a lot, you know, yeah. when, you, when you just win and win and win over again. Georgia won 27th straight game. I, I, I've lost count of kind of how many it is at home because it's kind of there, to, there at one point it was kind of together, and I think now it's like 24 or 25 straight at home. Um, maybe 26, I don't even know. But either way, I mean, there's so many streaks going on for this Georgia team. And Let's look at that game. And, Rusty, man, I don't even know where to start because I told Roos after the game, the fact that Georgia kind of struggled a little bit defensively, I think they gave up 180 yards in the first quarter. They yeah. gave up 55 yards in the next two quarters combined. Um, the, going on a 31 nothing run or whatever it was, um, but there's so many things to be impressed from that game. Is I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it. Glance back through the highlights. What what kind yes. of what kind of you know raised the hair on your neck?
1: Um, he's young. He's gonna make mistakes. And I, you, both of y'all know that it's not really my deal, and I don't like to do this because I feel like it puts a extra layer of expectations on people but I'm going to have to tonight. And when you watch C.J. Allen and just his makeup, where he's from in the particular middle part of the state of Georgia, that's damn Roquan Smith, man. You know, and and Roquan didn't play it it a little bit as a freshman, but I'm telling you right now that C.J. Allen, um, that dude, I don't know how they're going to get him off the field because the second half, I was actually right there on the field, so I got to see him pursue and how fast he got from the wide hash row all the way across the field and fall through a block to mm-hmm. make a tackle and little things like that. There's not many people that can do that. There's just right. not many, you know, the Alabama has them and Georgia has them. Ohio State has a few and you know, some of these schools, the, these guys have a few, but Georgia's got a true freshman that's been playing more and more and more. And now because of an injury, He's got inserted into the lineup, and he's playing behind, playing beside a very experienced player. Um, and I'm just telling you, man, C.J. Allen, that he could really be a big piece down the line because Georgia's got a hell of a game this week, and then they're going to play Georgia Tech, who can throw the ball, challenge you a little bit. But in Mercedes Benz, they're going to have to tackle a grown ass man at quarterback, and they're going to keep him in space when he gets he breaks a line of scrimmage. And how do you do that? You do that with your linebackers, and uh, C.J. Allen, uh, that 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 kid is—he he could be a really key piece of the puzzle uh, if George is going to be able to pull off a three-peat.
0: Yeah. What's you know, in scary, Atlanta, it, go ahead. Bruce, no, sorry. I was going to say, I was going to say what's scary. Um, You know, we talked about Brock Bowers, snap count. CJ Allen led the inside linebacker room for snaps yesterday uh, over small Monday and over anybody, man, including yeah. Raylan Wilson, the number yeah. one rated linebacker in the country yeah. last year. And look, that guy's a hell of a player Yes, he to be out there yes. before you know it as well, making some yes. major plays also. So yes. don't sleep on that. Listen, it's not like, I mean that just shows you what a special cat that CJ. Both,
1: both of them are both of them absolutely
2: absolutely yeah no Raylan Raylan's that. behind because he missed so much Andrew, time him, Andrew, right? yeah, you know Andrew. he was you talk about a guy that missed probably a month and a half of of reps that CJ Allen got CJ kind of got ahead you know um, what to me makes it even more impressive with the way he played and he made a hand, he made a couple two or three plays in the first half yeah. um, but if you flip that game on you just watch number thirty three. You especially on Ole Miss's second touchdown drive. I was sitting there thinking, if they don't get him right, they're in trouble because he he completely runs himself out of a play on one. He does, you know, like he, he's a freshman, he's a freshman. And, you know, a lot of these first year starters, you know, you, you, you I know you expect more out of these guys. There, it's Georgia, right? You, there's a, there's a, there's a standard and all this stuff. So you expect them to kind of just go out there and dominate. Um, and I was – you know, I, I was – I wrote in the halftime notes. I was like, man, C.J. Allen struggled that first half. And, man, he was so good in the second half that we gave him a game ball because yeah. he was – he responded. I mean, and, and just the way to bounce back like that, man, how often do you see guys – you know, you got to yank them sometimes. You just got to pull them because they they can't get it right. They can't get it. And, and the way he just kind of keeps coming, it goes to show the kind of kids that Georgia recruits um, for him to be able to do that at 18 years old. Um, you know, we'll, I, I could talk about proms and hot tubs and soulmates if I wanted to right now, but I'm not going to. Um, but CJ Allen should, I mean, dude was in high school playing in the playoffs last year, or, or I don't know if, if they were. Yeah. Yeah. They were this time last year. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, been mean, yep. This time of year, he's I mean, playing the number nine team in the country, a very, very good offensive football team. And he's helping Georgia completely shut him down, um, you know, for basically the last three quarters of the ballgame. And, and that was, that was massive for Georgia, and you know you hope for him that he's only going to get better because you talk about these, you know, these next three quarterbacks he's going to face. Joe Milton's a big dude. You want to punish him when he leaves that pocket. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you know, Georgia Tech, not not as big of a deal, but Haynes King can run it around a little bit. He's good. He's an athletic kid. And then Jalen Milroe you know, everybody knows, everybody talks about the 4-4 four, four speed and how fast he is and how big he is. Again, you're going to want to punish him when he leaves the pocket. You're going to even want to make him pay for it. And uh, C.J. Allen's the kind of cat that can help you do that. And and that's what, to me, is, is so big about it. Ruth, I don't know if you've had any time to reflect on it, but was there anything that, in hindsight, I know you were more teeing me up last night when we were talking, but – anything impress you about that game? Um, You know, really uh, what was
0: interesting and and to kind of play off of the C.J. Allen note and uh, Uncle Glenn Hartley asked uh, over here in the comments, did Xavier and Sori play any uh, one snap for the snap count I saw uh, for him? To me, uh, and we talked about this on the board this week, Rusty uh, was uh, mentioning that. Get over there and check that thread out if you haven't on the dog walk. We talked a little bit about the Xavier and Sori situation. To me, listen, Xavier and Sori... Would play a lot of snaps, a lot of places. That goes to show you what kind of kid CJ Allen is, and what Georgia thinks that they have in CJ Allen. That Xavier's yeah. where he's taking a back seat to this. Maybe is it affecting the psyche? Is that is that kind of where some of this is coming from? I, I there's probably some of that. Concern. Pro,
1: probably, probably. But, I mean, it happens. But, it happens.
0: But I, I and I said on the board the other day, Rusty, to steal a phrase from you, just one of those deals, man. You can't. This is the kid is just he's too, he's, he's undeniable in that role. And um, I think that that's so impressive. I, I really, one of the things that, you know, going back on it um, as well, you know, we mentioned uh, uh, Brock Bowers, but also to looking at the snap count, Rosemy Jackson, Marcus Rosemy Jackson, leading the wide receiver room in snaps. It tells you, man, that they wanted to get physical at that position as well. And uh, they did that in a, a tremendous way uh, yesterday. So, um, just an all around. It was it, the the snap count always pretty interesting. I thought this one was was uh, had some really cool notes in it as well. though.
2: Yeah, I'd say they got physical. Thirty five carries, three hundred yards. Um, yeah. The the stat I keep going back to that just blew me away was Ole Miss comes in this game thirty one sacks, sixty six tackles for a loss, and Georgia goose egged them on both. No sacks, no tackles for a loss for for Ole Miss at all, and they came into I, the I game. Really good in both areas.
1: I don't think they touched Carson back. I don't. I don't yeah, think I Carson back. I don't think Car- they had to watch Carson Beck's uniform.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think yeah. the only time they I they mean, may have. I think the only time they hurried him was on the third down play, first drive of the second half, where he threw it maybe a little too quick, and Dylan Bell couldn't get his head around to see the ball. Yeah, but I yeah, think that yeah. was basically that was basically it. And that uh, was
1: that was the yeah, punt series. Yeah, the punt That was the big punt. Punt series.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that I was, was called, the point series. Mike Bobo was a downgrade. Um yeah. I, I was
0: I I I was I heard that was a buddy hire.
2: Mm, yeah. And now Georgia fans, you're getting to a point here. You're getting to a point here. We're going to talk about Tennessee in a little bit after we uh we got a couple more topics to cover here, but um you're getting to a point here where now you can say what Rufus is doing right now with Mike Bobo, you can say what you wanted to say three or four weeks ago about this being an easy schedule um, because, you know, now you've got a resume builder and uh, boys, when the rankings come out on Tuesday, by the time we tee this bad boy up on Wednesday, I think we're going to be talking about the number one team in the country. Probably. I yeah, mean, I, I think that's probably what we're looking at. 600 yards yeah. against the top, a uh, top 10 opponent at this point in the season,
0: man. And just uh, mm-hmm. killing them on defense. I mean, it was an all around, there was there was no aspect of it that didn't look dominant for Georgia. Offensive line was tremendous. Uh, you know the, I mean you you shut down Trey Harris, one of the best receivers in this uh, in this league. Um, you know Jackson Dart stifled. You're able to kind of weather the storm of that fake punt that they run. Um, you know it, they they took all the shots that that Ole Miss had, and they just didn't have anything left in the bag by the time Georgia kind of was running away with it.
2: Not at all. I mean, it's it was, like you said, it was it was absolute dominance. And, you know, I was looking at some numbers, and, and you know, you look in August, Ole Miss over 500 yards a game. You look in uh, October, Ole Miss, um, you know, a little over 400 yards a game. I think that's with the Alabama game there included. I'm not sure um, what teams they played right there in October. But you're looking at a team that's probably right around, you know, right now it's 466 a game. So you know, you count that Georgia game in. You're probably looking at a team that's probably was probably averaging 470, 475 coming into the to the you know to Saturday, and Georgia holds them. I mean, they're going into the fourth quarter. Georgia held them to like 240 total yards. Um, you know, now granted, it, it looked like Ole Miss kind of got away from maybe a little bit of what was working, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that we talked about it, Rusty. Their offense is kind of predicated upon, and they they flashed a stat up a million times. On drives where they get the initial first down, where they get at least one first down, they score like 67% of the time. And Georgia was forcing so many three and outs that they couldn't get that 7, you know, t- seven 10, 12, 15, 20-yard play where they could rush up to the line and get another chunk play out of it. Georgia took that away from them completely. Uh, they did a really good job. Georgia's Both of Georgia's sacks uh, came on first down. Which was massive. Yeah. You, you need that in that game. One of those by CJ Allen. Um, I will say another too, and I'm going to give a shout out to the only guy, the only guy who can't come back next year. I Tramiel. don't know that I've ever seen Tremel Wathar mm-hmm. have a bigger impact on a game.
1: Yeah, number he did. ninety, not, number ninety. Out. Yeah, yeah. And he, he did,
2: did not. The funny thing was, he should have got a for, sack, forced fumble too. Um, he he forced the fumble, Jackson Dart on that uh, on that sack that him and Nazir Stackhouse ran on. But for some reason, they didn't, uh, you know, didn't get registered in stats because it wouldn't have mattered. But ultimately, that was that was really impressive. Uh, What's also impressive? Game time. All right, GameTime.co. We love them because they love us and they treat us right every time. Uh, Game time is a very intuitive, very interactive uh, app. Um, It's one that you need to download if you haven't already. They specialize in being able to get tickets. All the way up until the last possible minute, uh, but if you're planning it a few days ahead of time, like if maybe you're trying to go to Knoxville and dig into some of that Tennessee crowd, because Tennessee season's essentially over uh, from a you know goals perspective, they're not going to play in the SEC championship game. Just go on over to VaultQuest and they'll tell you all about it. Um, but uh, you know, listen, they're not they're not they're not going to be as jazzed up maybe for this game. So maybe there's some tickets on sale. Go get you one, Georgia fans, and uh, go into Knoxville and see if you can help Georgia get a win and uh, win their twenty eighth straight game. Uh, but you can get them a few days out, you can get them a couple weeks out, or you can get them a couple minutes out. That's how cool this site is. That's how cool this uh, app is. Uh, use the promo code DAWGS Dogs and get twenty dollars off of your first order. Terms apply. Go check them out. That's DAWGS promo code and get $20 off your first order from GameTime.co. It's the place you want to be. Great place to get tickets. Roos and I both used it, and uh, we love it. Roos and Rusty, I want to talk to you guys about recruiting because y'all are good at it. Y'all are the best there are there is at the recruiting stuff. And, uh, you know, we had Jeremy Johnson on the sideline for us last night. Um, he did a phenomenal job getting some photos. Come on over to Dogs HQ and kind of see those, as those guys enter. Um, Rusty – I don't really want to talk about a bunch of recruiting intel per se, but big visitors from, from last night. What, I mean, what, what, in your experience covering all this games like that, we've seen a few. What, uh, what can that do for you?
1: It didn't hurt. I can tell you that. Uh, You saw Chad Simmons story on Elijah Griffin, who's one of the top defensive linemen in the country down on the coast Savannah for next year's class 2025. And that's kind of what's different now. Um, I think Bruce will agree here. Like, the 2024s, they've taken 250 visits. They've seen all the game day environments. I mean, Georgia had those guys on here last year for that Tennessee game. A lot they've of the guys those guys
0: They've had those 24 guys here now yeah, for 4 years yeah. so.
1: But you you look at an electric home atmosphere last year that Georgia-Tennessee was a who's who of juniors and sophomores. Well, those guys, a lot of those guys are committed to Georgia now. So you look last night, and you and you look at uh, you know Juju Lewis, who many thinks the top quarterback in the country for 2026, who's verbally committed to USC. A long way to go. That's his second visit to Georgia. Spent the night um, with his family. Got a chance to have breakfast this morning with UGA staff before leaving. So the little, little things like that might not make news for another year, year and a half. But you go back and look. You know what I mean? You look at those deals and. I always use the example DeAndre Swift. He talked about being at that spring game. You know, he didn't commit that day. He didn't commit a week later. He committed like two months later, but he was like, "Man, that spring game at Georgia that sold me." I mean, they care that much about it. So you look at the uh, you look at the crowd last night, how it was, and we'll have a lot. You know, we'll have some piece. We'll have a piece tomorrow on Dog HQ first thing in the morning, kind of recruiting recap. But you you just can't you just can't pay for an atmosphere like that. You just can't have that electricity and man that fourth quarter um uh, you know i, I was sitting inside a couple old miss fans and at that point they were like man i'm leaving but i want to see these damn lights i said hold on just hold on a minute and you'll get to see this thing and uh you know it was the recruit i always look at the recruit section because they got that recruiting lounge and typically what happens when they go in at halftime they don't come back out because the recruiting lounge has all these big round tables and all these big TVs. You're nice. You can stretch out. Who wants to go back out sometimes and sit there and that? But when you look at that recruit section last night and in that in that second half, the 95% of those kids came right back out and sit out there and watch Georgia play. So, uh, you know, great opportunity for Georgia with, with stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I had a chance to talk to a couple of guys today. And <clears throat> one of the uh, more impactful um, uh, takeaways that I, I had spoke to um, was a guy, uh, we'll have the story up tomorrow, but, uh, a top 100 player in 2025 and said, you know, it makes a huge difference when you step out on that field. He said, it was chills for me, man. He said, you know, to know the history, to know what they're doing and to be in that atmosphere. He said, it was a lot different than a lot of places I've visited. For that reason, he said, you know, it was all happening for Georgia. It wasn't just that, you know, the lights were cool. It wasn't just that the fans were into it. It wasn't just that the NFL draft picks are happening. It wasn't just that they're, you know, kicking ass out on the field, 52 to 17. It was the it was the sum of all those parts coming together. And he said, you know, not everybody's able to put that together. I thought that that was a pretty telling take for a guy like that, um, you know, just to kind of walk away from it, feeling like Georgia is creating not only an elite atmosphere on a game day like that and an important atmosphere like that, but, uh, you know, to be able to kind of hammer it home on all aspects of, of the team. And they've done a really incredible job with that. And, um, you know, I've heard that kind of consistently. I had a chance to talk to uh, one of the official visitors as well. And, and he said, you know, look, I, I know Georgia. Can, can develop me. I know they can turn me into a man. The proof's in the pudding. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. Kirby Smart mentioned after the post game, talked about, you know, the NFL guys there and the edge that that kind of gave them and the ability to kind of, you know, see all those guys come back in for that game. Listen, man, you bring an atmosphere like that with those recruits in and you have a chance to say, oh, look, we sent that guy. We sent that guy. We sent that guy. And they're all back here because they love it here and they built this place and they're part of it. Stuff like that rings with those kids, man, and uh, it's a huge, huge deal. Um, you know, it nil is important. There's no question. I mean, I'm sure people are gonna, you know, chime in and say, "Oh, you got to do this and that." That that stuff still matters in a large, large way as well. Um, the, I posted, the, that I
1: posted, a, I posted a video, Jake, on Twitter the other day, and you, if it, that was Georgia walking out. And if you're looking the front row, roofs, the very front row is Carson Beck yep darnell yeah. washington yeah and theo johnson the the, yep. the ball at penn state yes if you look at those kids you got a chance to watch georgia come out in that environment and nobody was really thinking about those two kids but how important has carson beck and darnell washington been to this program the last couple of years
2: oh absolutely no question about it you know and and, and- And I don't want to go too deep into this right now, um, but well, why not? Nitro Tuggle, right? There's been a lot of hand ringing. He hasn't been to Athens this season. He shows up for this game. Uh, I posted a picture of him and Kirby, um, kind of late last night. I write it right as the game was ending. I don't. I think it was from before the game or something like that, but. Obviously, big to get him back on campus, Rusty. What what are you thinking there? Like, like, kind of what are what are your thoughts there? I mean, I know th- this has kind of been one of those. It's it's almost a little tough to get your hands around because other teams are trying to recruit him. Um, yeah. uh, it seems like he's you know cool with Georgia. He's obviously back in Athens this weekend, and Georgia had him in, so so they like him a little bit too. What are, mm-hmm. what do you think's going to happen there?
1: I mean, that's key to getting back down there. And obviously, Michigan, you know, kids from Indianapolis in, um from Indiana. There, Michigan's. It's a lot closer than Athens, but Georgia's been on him for a while. And, um, you know, I think Georgia needs him. I think Georgia's trying to keep him. I also think that Georgia's going to be in that wide receiver portal again, and and it'd be crazy not to. I mean, to be honest with you, wide receiver by far has been the strongest position, by far.
2: Look at at all the the guys across the country.
1: All the guys. Keon Coleman at Florida State. Uh, look at A.D. Mitchell. You know, I, mean, I know that's a source. Jordan Addison. AD yeah, Mitchell. Tess Texas Walker. Yeah. Look Tess at the guy. Walker. Walker. Look at the guys at impact. You know, Robert Thomas had a big play last night. Um, you know, w- what's Dominic Lovett gonna mean to Georgia next year? M- most importantly, probably. Um, uh, so you look at all these kind of things, but if I'm George, if I'm Georgia, they've got to be in a portal. And uh I had a chance to to cover Shakoby White uh Friday night again, I'm telling you. You know, he's, he's a he's a he's a quote unquote three star kid, you know, kind of plays kind of hidden away and uh, had a hell of a game and a big upset on Friday night for Cass. And I'm telling you right now, the kids underrated and he's going to be a player that Georgia fans are going to love because he is a stud on the field and off the field. I mean, he is a polished kid uh, coming to Georgia. So I think Georgia's trying to keep their guys, but they're also going to be heavily heavily involved in the wide receiver portal in my opinion.
2: Uh, now, yeah, we're we're going to have so much to talk about
0: with Dylan that Brooks game. says there's a couple D linemen over in college station. You could use also
1: says <laughs> yeah. every program in America right now, that, there's
2: a lot of good D linemen over there. Yeah. that was, I, I, uh, pro, I promise you Dan, Dan Lanning's agent ain't the only
0: guy that got a call tonight. <laughs> there's a lot of prospects and uh, there's a lot of players on the Texas A&M you know, uh, that roster that agent got a call to
1: <laughs> that, front, that front four is the damn 85 bears. I'm telling you right now. So, um, you know, I don't know what that 12th man at Texas A&M's got, but they got a lot of investment in that front four. I can assure you that.
2: Hey, that, that, that Texas A&M defensive line going to look like the lock on the liquor cabinet in your mom and dad's house when they get out of town. <laughs> that thing's got little scratches all over it. That thing's been tampered with. They got trying paper clips and everything else, trying to get that bad boy open. A bunch of amateur lock pickers out here. That's what's happening there. Uh But, yeah, so, I mean, we're going to have so much to talk about coming up in these coming weeks. Um, You know, it's – honestly, it's not fun. I don't want to say it's fun, but you're going to want to be with us over at Dogs HQ and you're going to want to be with us on this channel. Um, once December the fourth comes, because That's you know nice. last year was a big year in the portal with with uh, you know with Georgia. I mean, Smoke Bowie didn't work out, but you know Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett, just off the top of my head here, I'm pretty sure had like 131 receiving yards combined last night. So you know that both of those guys have have been very big for Georgia this season, Um, and maybe Georgia can get them both back next year. um, You know, and and you know, and keep it going. Um, But um, you know the portal stuff is 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 kind of a new kind of a new stream of of entertainment in a way uh to follow along with recruiting and everything else. You kind of get and you kind of get like a a parallel fix there um out of that whole thing. All right, let's move on to dog stocks. And I've got a stock down before we start anything else. And I come back to me, I'll do a stock up, but I got a stock down. You. Uh you jabronis out there who who just had to write your Brock Bowers you don't need to come back and Brock Bowers you need to be done with it man you guys can go kick rocks all right i'm t- i'm i'm so tired of this mouth breathing pocket protecting bs with these people that's just like don't play no more man you don't know nobody anything these guys are competitors just just keep your opinions to yourself. Nobody wants to listen to you write that stuff and somewhere else. It's not a hot take anymore. Some guys are going to opt out. Some are not. But some dude that never played the sport, never had anything, or, or did anything to amount anything, has no reason, has no room to be talking about. You know, and, and listen, I say that as somebody who who writes, t- tells stories, and writes stories and shares opinions. But there's some areas that us as media members just need to just keep our mouths shut. And telling a pro athlete what he should do, uh, or not a pro athlete—I guess they are pro to an extent here—but telling a, an athlete, an elite athlete, what they should do, Rock we wouldn't have an any any idea how to step in no shoes. I know I wouldn't. Um, just, just, just calm down, folks. Find something else to write about.
0: Yeah, I, I I it was, I remember specifically the Terrence Moore story in Forbes, uh, talking about Brock Bowers, and I, I I commented on the board and I was like, I, somewhere Brock Bowers is waking up being like, damn, what does Terrence Moore think I should do with? My yeah, life? right. Uh,
2: <laughs> he wasn't the only one, and I don't want to uh, single this person
0: out because I, I consider this uh, person a good guy. I was, I was really torn about this decision until I wrote read Forbes this morning.
1: Uh, hmm. <laughs> well, we talked about it with about the decision and we kind of told the behind the scenes story of the Sunday after he got hurt and they were going through all the, you know, pros and cons and talking to people. And you look at Brock Bowers, I imagine that situation where his phone was blowing up all day. He's on group text with his family's on group text with Georgia. Everybody's trying to throw this stuff at him. And basically Brock Bowers just looked at everybody and said, the hell with it. Schedule my surgery tomorrow morning and let's roll. And that was in the, the discussion. There wasn't any, hey, can I call back? Like Brock Bauer said, hey, it's on. on. Just get this thing done. I'm done talking about it. And um, I can imagine that Kirby Smart probably didn't smile a lot. But I I would imagine when he's like, you know what, That's, that's why that kid's different. You know what I mean? And I've heard the story of Nick Chubb when he told Kirby Smart he was coming back. You know, Kirby thought that Nick Chubb was walking into that office to tell him he was gone. And then the story is Nick Chubb walked in, sat down in a chair, said, my last memory at the University of Georgia is not going to be losing to Georgia Tech. I'm coming back. Got up, and walked off, basically. So, you know, you think about Brock Bowers saying schedule the damn surgery and Nick Chubb saying my last memory is not going to be losing to Georgia Tech at home. And that's a simple fact. That's, that's how those two people are wired. That's the comparison.
2: They didn't get to where they are by just saying, you know, just walking away every chance, you know, first chance they got. You know, I mean, it's just – they're not cut the same cloth. There's no way to make yourself a, a parallel. I'm not saying Brock Bowers is any better or more valuable in life than these guys that are writing, but you don't know, you know, why he is where he is or or, or where he's coming from. And it's it's just frustrating to see people kind of do that kind of thing because I it, it, it is just for clicks. And, you know, I mean, I, I think one of the things we do better – um, than most is yeah we we want to write compelling stuff for you and we want to put compelling content out there for you but we're also going to be very genuine in our opinion when we mm-hmm. when we share it you know we're not going to do something just to 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 get a reaction out of you and i felt like that whole thing was just to get a reaction
0: yeah fair who's next Rusty, you want it
1: I'll take am it. We, am I doing stock down or stock up? What are we we're doing? Not, right? We do we, we, <laughs> fridge if you not, want to. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> in stock down tonight. Uh, my stock up, man. I had to go back and look at the, the, the exact stats. So, Kamari Lassner in the last two weeks has faced, in my opinion, I would say two of the top probably three or four minus the two LSU wide receivers uh maybe two of the top four wide receivers in the SEC and both probably top 10 wide receivers in the country regardless of um conference so Kamari Lassiter in the last two weeks against Trey Harris who had what Trey Harris had he takes any of 200 plus yards yeah he had 200 Trey Harris had 200 receiving yards 213 against. 213 receiving yards against Texas A&M. Trey Harris, in his snaps against Kamari Lasseter last night, had two catches for 12 yards. And one of the balls that he caught was for about eight yards. And when he did, Lasseter got into him, like physically got into him. Like, I'm. you can catch the ball, but you're going to want to catch it. Luther Burden, the reps against him, Georgia-Missouri, had two catches for 14 yards and the touchdown that burden caught was on was on someone else so those those matchups he gave up four catches for 26 yards to two probably nfl first rounders you know what i mean so you start talking about stock up and you start talking about georgia fans want to watch somebody shut down one side of the field and getting better and better and better and i'll throw this little nugget into you he grew up in south georgia but he lived in high school in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and they didn't—they didn't go all in on him. They got down to Georgia and Clemson for him, and uh, he's gonna—he's he, going hes gonna have a little extra on him when Georgia plays that team in Mercedes-Benz. So just tuck that one away. But Kamari Laster, man, you're talking about stock up. You just buy as much as we—we we got enough money to buy as many stocks as we can buy in that kid.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I got two, I'm going to do one real quick stock up and I'm going to say stock up on, uh, exactly what you talked about, Roe, the transfer portal, all of this stuff, man, it's just getting ready to fire up. It, it, recruiting has not begun. I'm sorry to say, uh, for Rusty, for Jeremy, for myself, recruiting has just gotten started, dude. It's not, this is, you might as well, just, it might as well be February right now. It's we're, we're, we're getting into the real stuff now. This is when it matters. Look at Florida right now, man. Uh, two big commits out of that class in the last 48 hours, oh. Jemonte Waller and Wardell Mack, out of mm. that class. They're scrambling right now. Uh, things looked rosy for a long time <laughs> for the Gators um, mm. in August. Um, but now it's uh, switched up a lot. So anyway, just buckle up, man. It's getting ready to to get real. But I'm going to come with a stock down, and I'm going to play off of what you just said, Rusty. And I'm going to say stock down on the Dalen Everett hate. All right, Dalen Everett is a guy that I understand where people are coming from in terms of the concerns. Right, he's given up more than Kamari Lassiter has. Well, you know what? So have most corners in this country. All right, they've given up a lot more than Kamari Lassiter has. How many teams have two shutdown corners? Uh, Dalen Everett is out there playing significant snaps. And he's being targeted at a really high clip because they don't want to go after Kamari Lassiter. So he's going to give some up. I get it. That catch that the kid made on him last night, dude, nobody on earth can defend that. I'm sorry. You champ Bailey in his prime. No, can't get yeah, up,
1: no, no, no. no <laughs> Just let it no. go. Hell, oh, of say, Hell of a
0: play. Hell of a play. Yeah. No, no question. One of the best, one of the best of the year. Um, Listen, I'm not saying Dalen Everett's perfect. I'm not saying Dalen Everett is the end all, y'all. And I'm sad to see uh, Julian Humphrey go down, and I hope that he's back quick. But on the other end of that, Dalen Everett, hate I think a little bit over. Um, I think he's who's coming along. He's developing, and I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, the fact that he's getting reps over guys like Nylon Green, the fact that he's out there over a guy like AJ Harris, who was seeing some early run this season. That tells you a lot about this guy, what he's doing in practice and what coaches see from him. He led that room uh, yesterday in snaps 52 snaps, I believe it was for Dalen Everett. He was the lead uh, snap, uh, leads in snaps at cornerback. The guy is going to get thrown at and he's going to give some up as a result. It is what it is, but the guy's out there. He's putting in the work and he's making a lot more plays than he's missing on. I can tell you that. So I know that you remember the ones that sting, but at the end of the day, He's doing, he's doing what he needs to do enough to keep it himself out there and in the mix.
2: And I just got to tell people, man, um, Missouri and Ole Miss, um, offenses of that caliber, they're going to complete some passes against you and you're going to give up some yards. And,
1: and Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia, Tennessee is too.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think Tennessee's quite as efficient as those two teams are, but they – you know, Tennessee's got some guys and, uh, listen, they're on scholarship for a reason. They're really good players. Um, but Georgia, ha- Georgia went through that little stretch there of Missouri and and um, Ole Miss and and gave up less than two hundred yards a game passing. I don't believe they've given
0: up. I don't believe anybody's had a hundred yards receiving on them this season. Is I don't think big? so. Yep. Uh, I
2: think I think they have prevented that. I I think did Leggett get there? Did did um uh, it did he get there? Did, uh, yeah, that that one might have been kind of tight and. Boy, me and Rusty have talked about that one. You know, you saw that dude on the field in pregame. You're like, where did where did this specimen come from? What lab was he born in? Um, he uh that dude was born from a from a lightning bolt. Um, he uh he had 71 yards receiving against Georgia. So no, he did not get over hundred. And I'm sitting here looking at his season, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, one hundred yard games, one two hundred yard game. Um, and uh you know, Georgia fans were all over David Daniel sisavon and, uh, you know, Dalen Everett for giving up some yards to that guy. Um, it's going to well, happen. And, uh, Troy, Troy
0: Tucker over here saying people were on Lassiter last year. Look how that turned out. Fran Brown, man, what a job he has done bringing those yeah. guys along. Incredible. incredible. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, our
2: man, our man Matt Godwin told me, you know, one thing that folks need to understand about Lassiter is, you know, he came in and um, he's a guy that's actually worked really hard and got a lot faster since he got to Georgia. Uh, which is something that, you know, doesn't always happen for these guys. A lot of times you come, they recruit raw speed because you can't really teach it. You can't really develop it all that great. But he he actually did that. All right. I think that's about it for us tonight. We're gonna be back tomorrow night with Bark After Dark with the father of ballers, Chris Milton. He's uh, coming in well, and tomorrow. Yeah we, night. Didn't even, yeah, we got Chris Milton tomorrow night. Hey, we we booked it before this. We booked it before that. what happened last night. We right. just we just we're just on. Wow. We're on right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we are on. We got Mr.
1: Y'all, y'all going. Y'all going through like his daily diet and workout and everything.
2: Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm going to be taking notes. I know, no, because no, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't. And want then me, Roots want to be mad is bad about myself the rest of the week.
2: We got a um. I Roots doesn't know this, but I've got a uh, I've got a plane ticket waiting for him at Chattanooga Airport. He's going to fly out there and arm wrestling. <laughs> you know, or, 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 or. I
0: sat. I sat with Chris Milton. I had some tri tip with him out in uh, out in Fresno. He's a really great guy. Uh, oh. must champs reading glasses says, How could nobody mention Kendall Milton? I promise you, we will talk
2: plenty.
1: Yeah, a whole show about Kendall. Yeah, yeah. you want
2: it. You want Kendall Milton talk? We got you 9 p.m. tomorrow night. Awesome, Mark awesome. after dark. We're gonna have a real good time. I'm excited to talk to Chris. I've been talking to him for years, and uh, he, he's a good dude. And, and I was really happy to see Kendall do what he did last night after fighting through everything that he's fought through injury wise. And then we'll be back here with you Wednesday night for the Georgia show. Um, and our uh, partner, Axia Time, that we love so dearly. All right, guys, y'all take care, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night for Bark After Dark.